Detroit, Michigan, Motortown, Motown. This is the Motown Sound.
people think of Detroit, one of the first things they think of is Motown. When Barry Gordy started Motown in 1959, he wanted it to be the sound of young America, and it became really sort of the sound, not just of Detroit and young America, but one of the soundtracks of the whole world. Imagine what it was like in Detroit in 1963 at, at Hitsville, USA on West Grand Boulevard, where the talent coming in every day included Smokey Robinson and the Miracles, Diana Ross and the Supremes, Martha and the Vandellas. Uh, Marvin Gaye, little Stevie Wonder, only 12 years old, playing his harmonica, The Temptations. The Four Tops would come only a few months later. It was an incredible, stunning amount of homegrown talent in Detroit.
good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along. Gary Venice with you now on Starpoint Radio. Take it to, to one o'clock. It's a Motown special, Monday Motown special today. We have a special guest star, Marlin McNichols. He's going to be telling us lots and lots and lots of secrets. Starpointers. Who needs the noise of a party crowd? Who needs the records turned up loud? Oh, and two, we too can have a party all Detroit 1959 until 1972 till it had to move Motown the sun the sound of young America
call my name, ooh, so sweet, to make your kiss incomplete. When your mood is clear, you quickly change your ways. Then you say I'm untrue. What am I supposed to do? Be a fool who sits alone waiting for you. See the light of your smile Calling me all the while You are saying, baby, it's time to go First the feeling's all right Then it's gone from sight So I've taken out this time to say
Starpoint Radio. Please welcome Marlon McNichols. Marlon, are you there? Yes, I am. I'm. Yes, I am. I'm here from the United States. Well, welcome along. We're live in the place. It's Monday morning. It's it's actually very early Monday morning for you, isn't it? Oh yeah, but it but it's my normal day. I I I, I get up early, so this is normal for me. So you work behind the scenes. Welcome along. You work behind the scenes, isn't you? At Motown, you're an agent. You're a manager. You're a songwriter. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I was very uh, fortunate uh, in getting in uh, to the industry. Uh, I met a gentleman named Edwin Starr, and uh, at Motown, and 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 that was my gateway. Uh, into the industry and also uh, my gateway into uh, Motown and I, I worked for Edwin and that's how uh, I got uh, uh, involved. He was, a, he was a nice man when I met him I went to a recording studio with him he invited me one day very nice man and um, tell me about Michael Jackson. Well well you know uh, uh, m- uh, the Jackson Five, uh, they came uh, to Motown around uh, 1969, and but but they've been around before that. I mean, uh, they got their early start in the industry. They was uh, signed uh, to a, a, a label in um, in Gary in the uh, in Gary in the Anna, and uh, that label uh, I, uh, I believe was uh, called Steel House. And, uh, and they recorded the Jackson's early records, records and, uh, and, and that label out of Gary, they had a production, they had a, a master purchase deal mm. with Atco, uh, I mean, excuse me, with Atlantic Records. And, and uh, their first recordings were, were put on Atco Records, a subsidiary of, uh, of Atlantic record, Records. And so they yeah. really... Uh, got their start at Ste- uh, Steelhouse Records, and um, and uh, on a promotion uh, on a promotion tri- uh, a trip uh, when Bobby Taylor was uh, out promoting his new release at Motown. Uh, Does your mama know about me? And I know Gary, you're right for me with that song. Yeah, it's good. And and there was Bobby Taylor in the Vancouver's. And uh, it, w- it was a promotion tour. Edwin Starr was on it because Edwin had his brand uh, coming off his hit record, uh, 25 Miles. And then also Blinky was on that, uh, on that promotion tour. And during that promotion tour, that's when Bobby Taylor uh, 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 first seen um, Michael Jackson and, and the Jackson 5 because they opened up for, uh, for Bobby. And so... So all of the stories, you know, when they said, uh, you know, about Diana Ross discovered them or Gladys Knight or even Bobby, Bobby didn't discover, uh, didn't discover them. Um, a, a, a guy uh, uh, by the name of Gordon uh, Keith uh, at Steelhouse. That's where they got their first early start. Start and Bobby brought them to Motown oh. and Bobby set up an audition. And as I remember, Bobby brought him uh, down to Detroit, and they all stayed at his apartment. And I believe his little two-bedroom apartment, 
and I believe the apartment was on Hazelwood in Detroit, if I can, can remember. That's many years ago. And uh, so Bobby set up their, 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 their interview, uh, I mean, excuse me, their audition for Barry. And so they got to Motown. Bobby brought them there. Uh, this guy named Gordon Keith uh, from Gary, Indiana, he was responsible for their the early recording and, and, uh, and really their early start. Oh. Uh, in the industry, because I remember even uh, uh, way before they got to Motown, uh, they were at, they was appeared at the Apollo Theater. The, it, and, um, and uh, it, of course, you know, there wasn't big stars there, but they was just on the show. And, and uh, must have been, well, you know, must uh, have been quite young. <laughs> fact, they must have been quite young at that time. Well, well yeah, they were, because I, I can, I can remember when we went, I went on the first promotion tour with them at Motown, and it, and it was a, uh, it was the Jacksons, the Temps, Edwin Starr, and the Supremes were fly, uh, flying in for dates, and that was their first promotion tour, and and um, and I and I remember quite well, and 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 uh, uh, and uh, Michael, he would he would get on a on stage he, like two different people. He would get on stage and perform, and 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 uh, like a professional. Then when he get off the stage, the kid would run around backstage playing with cars and stuff. So, <laughs> so, so, so and, and I think, and I, and I, as I remember, Gary, I think he was about seven then. Yes. Yeah. Well, he never really oh, had. Absolutely. A, he never really had a proper childhood as such, did he? As we know. So, what was David Ruffin like? Did you get to meet David Ruffin? Oh, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Oh, I did all of, yeah, I, I, I did, because uh, the temps were, were, uh, especially Eddie Kendrick's other temps. He was like, he was like a personal friend of mine, and 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 I and and um and I knew David uh, quite well because you know he was the leader of the, t uh, uh, of the, uh, of the t not not gonna say leader, one of the lead vo vocals of of of, of, the, temps, of yeah. the group. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, of the group, and and um, and you know, and they, you know, like they all had their personalities and 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 egos. And when David seen that the Supremes changed, they changed the name from the Supremes to Diana Ross and the Supremes. David wanted the Temps to change their name to David Ruffin and the Temps. In no way, Otis Williams stood for, stood what was going to go for that, or even uh, the other Temps and stuff. But uh. And uh, and but D David was David was real. His best friend in the group was Eddie. Him and Eddie was like inseparable. I mean, they were almost like brothers. And uh, and 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 when the group uh, wanted to let David go, it was a big debate. Eddie didn't want to do it, although David was you know was uh, was missing dates and and he had a lot of other problems. Uh, him and Eddie was such good friends. Eddie didn't uh, want want to uh, uh, change but 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 evidently he was uh, overridden because of of uh, David's uh, uh, performances not on stage performance but but uh, 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 being on time and and being at the gigs and and, and David had a, a big ego he was coming up in his own limousine and and David would uh, I remember David had a black limousine then on the side of it he had uh, a picture of, of, of a pair of glasses because you know he wore glasses, yeah. and he and, and then he stopped riding with the group. You know they go places and he would ride 
in his own limo and and stuff and and, and um you know he had a you know like i said he had a you know a a a, a a big personality and and uh but he was a great artist you know he's a great you know yeah, he was the, the, he was right absolutely he was the voice the yeah. rough. Uh-huh. we had you rough. had a, you had a mini series in america didn't you called the temptation story here we saw it as a film but a must watch i don't know if you've seen that but, but yeah you, you you know you know us uh, uh gary i didn't see it, and I kind and I and and it, it it's it, it's a must watch for those that really w- wasn't like an insider like I was. Yeah, yeah I got you. Because I knew so much was left out, and I knew so much yeah. was embellished. And then it becomes knew, annoying, doesn't it? it becomes annoying right, yeah, when, right, you, when you know the truth. It comes annoying, I guess. Absolutely, and then, then when you know all these guys, and you know, you knew the uh, uh, their personalities, and you knew who really drove the group. You know, from behind the scenes, you know, Paul Williams was really the leader of the group of the group. And but you know, but uh, as you all know, you know, Paul did have alcohol problems, but but uh, but you know, uh, 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 like I said, I didn't didn't really, you know, really want it because I knew it was going to be changed a lot. So tell me about Edwin Starr. So uh, well, I, be- I believe you you might have written one of his songs for him, did you? <laughs> Pardon? You might have written one of the Edwin Starr's hits for him. Is that right? Well, you know something. This you know something, Gary. This when when uh, I uh, I I when I met Edwin, it was kind of a I almost call uh, a destiny because. Uh, at that time, uh, I was a supervisor at a job corps in Battle Creek, and I had a, a, a group of kids, kids, and they had a band. And and a couple guys from Battle Creek had an audition at Motown, and so and so they needed a band to play, and the band was job corps kids, and so I took the band down to Detroit, and um, and uh, after the audition, we were sitting on the front steps. And this guy came out, and he said, "What did these, what did these guys do?" I said, "Well, they're banned." He said, "Well, I'm gonna open up at um, glass with glass for glass night uh, in the Pips at Leo's Casino in about uh, ten to fifteen days. I need a band, and uh, uh, if uh, I'll bring them by, rehearse them. If I like them, I'll take them. You know, uh, and they can go with me." Yeah. And so. So we went to, to to Edwin's and they and they and they auditioned, and quite naturally uh, they got the gig. But they let they were in job course, so they couldn't really, you know, uh, uh, commit commit. But 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 that's how I met him. I started out as his as his road manager, then ended up being his manager. But in between all of that, we uh, we came up with a song called Twenty Five Miles." And 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 we, uh, Edwin presented the song to Motown for almost two years, and they never believed in the song. And everywhere uh, we were, uh, we were uh, on a tour. He would close with that song, even over his hits, Double uh, O Soul, and and his other uh, hits. He closed that with that, and that was the crowd's favorite. And uh, and so one night at the twenty grand. Uh, he uh, he closed with that song, and Harvey Fuqua and Johnny Bristol 
And uh, Gary, you know uh, Harvey Fuqua yeah. in the in the in the history of Johnny Bristol, and uh, they were Harvey was the A and R director at Motown, and and Johnny Bristol was his his partner, and they heard the song and they seen the crowd reaction uh, that night, and then they said, why why don't you ask Edwin why haven't you never recorded this song? Edwin said Motown didn't believe in the song. And so Harvey said, well, come and see me the, the, uh, tomorrow. So Harvey was an A&R guy. So we went to, down there to, to see Harvey. And, of course, the song came out. And, of course, that's how Harvey's name and Johnny Bristol's name got on the record. They produced it, but they never wrote a lyric. And so and so that was my uh, 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 story. Start and and that was uh, partially my involvement with Edwin. We we became great friends, and um, and and um, uh, I was a, a part uh, of of when he had his other big hit, War, and, uh, yeah. and which Norman Whitfield produced. And um, and but Edwin was a great guy, and he and he loved cars, and yeah. and uh, and when he. Uh, when he moved to the UK, I think it was like 1985, maybe, and and he tried, and and we were living in LA, and uh, I was in uh, another business then, and 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 uh, Edwin uh, wanted me to go with him because he wasn't getting any gigs in the United States, and he said if I can just get to the to the UK, I can work, but uh, I didn't go with him because I I was doing quite well in my own business. Uh, uh, in uh, L.A., but uh, 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 Edwin moved over and and uh, and he did quite well for himself, you know, in the U.K. No, he did. He's and very I, much respected, especially in the north of England, very much respected. So just to sum that up, so you actually wrote 25 Miles, but they didn't put your name on the record. Absolutely. Edwin, Edwin and I did it, did, did it and, and, we was, and we performed it two years before... It was even released, and 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 it was a club up in it was a club up in Lansing, Michigan called Mickey's Hideaway, and it was and, and it was on a college campus, and that's where we really tested the uh, the song out, and and uh, and and after we, uh, Edwin had several dates up there at the college, uh, at Mickey's Hideaway over over a couple years. And that song became like an underground uh, hit before we even recorded it. And 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 then also back in those days, I didn't. That was early for me in the business. I didn't know the business then. I didn't know about uh, 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 copyrights. I didn't know about no. BMI or ASCAP. But but I tell you one thing happened though. Uh, although I didn't get label credit or those kind of credits, I got paid. Oh, that's <laughs> so something. That's something. That's something. Yeah. So, so should we listen to uh, 25 Miles and come back? Okay. So hang it, stand the line.
25 miles there, written by... <laughs> well, we won't go into that one, will we? <laughs> will we, Marlon? No, no, that's that's a that's a blast from the past. And, but every time I hear the hear the song, I, rem, I, I, I it takes me right back to the to the uh, uh, to the original uh, uh, promotion trip where we came up with the song and everything. But it, uh, it's all it's it was like a gateway to, uh, to me in the industry, and so I'm still I'm real good. About it, about it. Oh, that's cool. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, Norman Whitfield, because Motown started em employing songwriters and producers, didn't they? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and uh, 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 Norman's early early days at Motown, before he became a major producer, Norman was like an in, in, uh, 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 A and R coordinator, and uh, and and then. Uh, uh, Norman got his real break when 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 HDH left and went to started their own label. Then that's when Norman got really got the uh, exclusive almost of the Temptations. Just one sec. And, and, just, and, one, uh, just, just one sec. HDH meaning okay. Holland, Holland. Sorry. <laughs> there we go. Sorry. go Absolutely. On. I'm sorry. Yeah. H, yeah. The the world's maybe greatest writers. Uh, 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 in the history of the of of our uh, uh, industry, that had ten number one records on Billboard in a row, and so and so when they left us, absolutely when they left and started their own company, that opened the doors for Norman uh, uh, to produce the uh, uh, the Temptations, and and of course you know the Cloud Nines and 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 those kind of records, and Norman was a genius. I mean Norman was. The, the, was the probably the hottest uh, 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 producer of urban uh, music in this in this uh, from like seventy one to maybe seventy six or seventy seven and uh, and he was uh, was just a, a genius and 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 he, and he changed the landscape of of of, uh, of Motown uh, with his productions and but. Even with those number one hits that he was producing on the Temps, the, him and the Temps had a lot of problems and, and problems because Norman would have these long uh, musical breaks and in, in 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 the records and stuff like that, and the Temps was upset because they were saying we're trying to change change us into an instrumental group. Yeah, and, yeah, and, well, uh, that's right. Yeah, but. Yeah, you remember that, Gary? But that was Norman's. That was Norman's uh, uh, sound, yeah. right? That right in 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 everything. A lot of his big records, he would he if, when they became a hit on one Motown artist, like heard it through the grapevine. He would like he recorded on Gladys first, and then he turned around and recorded the same record on uh, 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 the t uh, uh, Marvin Gaye. And 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 that was the genius of of uh, Norman uh, of Whitfield, and he did the same thing when the Rare Earth came to Motown, in 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 um, in one of their first recordings was the Temptations. I want to testify, and so Norman had a a a, a real niche of, of 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 a second time around round hit producer on the same records on the same song, but. But like I said, he changed the landscape of music, music, and and uh, uh, him and his uh, his, his main partner, uh, um, 
uh, uh, Barrett Strong, and that was his writing partner. And you see Barrett's name on a lot of records, Cloud Nine, yeah. and a lot of other records. Yeah, yeah. But but Norman was a, you know was a great guy, real personable, personable, and uh, uh, and uh, you know I enjoyed uh, uh, working with him. Uh, because of Edwin Starr, Star, and uh, uh, because uh, a war, a song that Norman picked for Edwin, that was on the Temptations album, and and uh, and and and, and um, Norman wanted to release it for a single uh, at Motown, but the label thought that during that time that the Temps were too big a group, and that was during the Korean. Uh, uh, during the Vietnam War, and the, and the temp, and they didn't want that controversy. And, and Norman, you couldn't tell him no, so he would. And so he went and recorded the song on Edwin, and Motown didn't have no problem because Edwin wasn't a major artist or any controversy or whatever. He could, he could, you know, it wouldn't. They feel as though it, uh, it wouldn't Thomas hurt Korea. him like yeah. it was yeah. attempts. Yeah, and it ended yeah, up, so, ended up so, being uh, Edwin's biggest uh, hit, didn't it? War. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Or oh, end up being his biggest record. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right. It's yeah, really nice absolutely. of you. Thank, thank you for joining us today, Marlon. I hope we can talk again. Thank you. Would you like to say, would you like to say anything to the listeners? P- pardon? I said thank you for joining us here today. I know it's very early in the morning for you, so thank you. Um, is there well, anything, we know- anything you'd like to add? Before we, before we... Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It, it was my pleasure in 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 in, in uh, to be on the broadcast, and it was an honor for uh, to be here. And uh, I'm so glad that you invited me. And uh, anytime, uh, time, Gary, uh, 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 I'll come back on. And then uh, uh, I got other folks like Paul Reiser, the great arranger. Or Jack Ashford uh, of the Funk Brothers. So if you need any of those folks to come on, on, on uh, you know, we can bring all those on the show too. Bring it on, the Funk Brothers. Come to Starpoint Radio. Yeah, oh yeah. How wonderful! How wonderful! Yeah, absolutely. Just, just let me know. We'll make that happen. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of the day, Marlon. Thank you so much. Okay. okay. Thank you so much, my friend, and be blessed. Take care. Someone else controls your very soul. I fool myself long as I can. Can feel the presence of another man. It's there when you speak my name. It's just not the same.
He would record, he would layer his vocals, but he would be lying down on a couch with a hand mic and behind the engineer, just relaxing and just putting one vocal on top of another and harmonizing with himself. And you can't get a sound like that unless you're Marvin Gaye. I admired him for his ability to not just sing, but to play drums. Uh, his writing and producing was incredible. I mean, this is even before what's going on. I, I noticed how great he really was at that. I always felt if you really want to see the greatest Marvin Gaye performances, you had to go to a recording studio. I think he was most comfortable when he was in a recording studio. Talking about yesterday Love, love, love I 
the Motown was a family business in 1960. Motown made Smokey Robinson the vice president. Other family members were involved. They were given key roles, including his father, mother and sister. And in 1959, he bought the property that would become Hitsville. And within the building, very cleverly, he had uh, admin offices, studios. He lived there himself for a short period, between 59 and 62. Publishing company, payroll and royalties, all done from there. Artist development. Yesterday, grooming. All so, my so troubles seem so far away. Development for the artists. Now I need a place. Making them behave like ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, I, I believe in. I want you to know I believe in. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday. Day. In fact, 450 staff were employed at that time. Radio group page, live on Facebook, also on starpointradio.com. We're asking for your favourite Motown records. You know the name Motown came? It came from motor, from motor, and town, for town. Not a lot of people know that. Maybe you all know that, I don't know. Motown. 
Bobby Taylor, you're probably thinking, who? Who?
Okay, gang, stand by for maybe the craziest ad break ever. This is Starpoint Radio. Come on, Supreme, let's sing that song. I'm having a real good time dancing the night away. But when the music stops, you're gonna hear me say, Coca Cola, Coca Cola. Things go better with Coca Cola. Things go better with Coke. The real life one puts extra fun. stage and all. Their wigs are from the Supreme Collection, designed to give you that special look for every occasion. Hey, Supremes, what do you say? Say, would you like to have lovely hair? Then our Supreme Collection of wigs is for you. We think they're fabulous. Linda, fabulous. I guess I'll have to say this album is dedicated to you. Marvin Gaye's new two-record album, Here, My Dear, is a musical excursion through love and marriage, pain and divorce. Marvin Gaye's Here, My Dear. Listen to it. Experience it on Motown Records and Tape. One can have a dream, baby. Two can make that dream so real. One can talk about being in love Two can say how it really feels One can worship on a star Two can make that wish come true, yeah One can stand alone in the dark Two can make the light shine through It takes two, baby It takes two, baby Me and you Just take two Today's memories, today's grooves, Starpoint Radio.
Shop around. Smoke Robertson Miracles is the first million seller. Number one R&B, number two pop. What did I do? Margaret's piece was the postman was the first ever Motown pop record in the States. To make you want to leave. Now wait a minute. Gave my heart and soul to you. Now didn't I? And there's five labels. Tamla, Goldie. VIP and Soul. Sound of Young America. An amazing thing I didn't realise that the photo for what's going on was taken in the Motown Mansion Hitsville for Marvin's album cover. It's one note you don't hear very often. The contours.
1963 Motown signed with State EMI Stateside Records and released Whether I Love Go My Guy, which both became hits. Later, signed with EMI under Tamla Motown, giving them their first hit with the Supremes, Stop in the Name of Love. Tamla Motown was born. Many hits from Martha Reed to the Vandellas. The original Queen of Motown started off as being Miss Mary Wells. Lots of early hits, including this one. She had two lovers, and she loved them both the same.
Detroit, Michigan, Motortown, Motown. This is the Motown Sound. Bossman Company, Monday Motown special, a bit unusual, a bit different, Starpoint Radio, Gary Van Der Mistake, it's one o'clock, little Stevie Wonder.
Often uh, artists, different artists, will record the same song, like this one. Check this version now. This is a nice version by Tammy Terrell. Someone we know by the Isley Brothers. Tammy Terrell. When she died, Marvin Gaye was so cut up we didn't record for many, many years. 
And before she died, when she was very ill, Valerie Simpson stepped in for her on the vocal front. Anyway, anybody who recorded a song about onions and made a hit out of it has to be good, don't they? Looking out good, Mr. Junior Walker. Holland does your Holland left over a pay dispute over royalties and Norman Whitfield became the label's top songwriter producer. Tommy Hitch with Gladys, Temps, Rare Earth, Marvin Gaye, etc. TV specials began, CSB, taking care of business with Diana Roth and Temptations. Diana, going back to Indiana with the Jackson 5. And in 1971, the production rules loosened. Artists were allowed to produce their own albums and they included Stevie Wonder and Mr. Marvin Gaye. Poison is the wind that blows from the north and south and east. 
Vanderbush's Lunchtime Sandwich, only on Starpoint Radio.
Gary Vanderbush's lunchtime sandwich. Vanderbush's lunchtime sandwich. You 
sandwich today. Three unusual Diana Ross and Supreme tracks. All not the common ones, not stuff in the name of love and baby love. So let's not forget the Funk Brothers, because Motown always did. 1959-1972, the most successful studio band in history. 13 members in total. And they're now firmly placed on Hollywood Walk of Fame. How fantastic is that? They finally got recognised. Mick Jagger said he was a poet. Mr. Smokey Robinson. including Miss Linda Ronstadt, who did a version of that as well. Probably my favourite Motown song ever.
many versions of that. Dana Ross, Marvin Gaye, and Tammy Terrell. Dana Ross, The Supremes, and Dana Ross, The Supremes, and The Temptations. Many versions, but they're all good. <laughs> Gladys, we wouldn't forget about you, would we?
Gems. Let us night in the pits. We couldn't leave her out, could we? Talking of gems. I'm gonna do all the things for you a girl wants a man to do. Oh baby, I'll sacrifice for you, I'll even do wrong for you, oh baby, every minute, every hour, I'm gonna shower you with love and affection, look out it's coming in your direction, and I'm, I'm gonna make you love me, oh yes I Get your hood. Hey, baby. step I make brings me closer baby closer to you and with each beat of my heart for every day we are part I'll hunger for every wasted hour and I- My Gamble and Huff, first recorded, if I remember rightly, by Gigi Warwick, Dion's sister, and Madeline Bell of Blue Mink. But Kent, Diner, and Supremes had a bigger hit. This is something quite interesting. Michael Jackson duetting with himself. So a younger Michael Jackson with an older Michael Jackson over. 
You call my name, ooh, so sweet To make your kiss incomplete When your mood is clear You quickly change your ways Then you say I'm untrue What am I supposed to do? Be a fool who sits alone waiting for you See the light of your smile Calling me all the while You are saying, baby, it's time to go First the feeling's all right Then it's gone from sight So I've taken out this time to say many hits to play so many we we try to squeeze them all in but there was not enough time thank you for joining me here today i hope you enjoyed it i think we'll have to do a volume two of this because uh, there's so much so much leftover stuff it's unbelievable and if we get one of the funk brothers on the show that'd be great wouldn't it but myself gary van bush here at star Point radio i'd like to wish you a fantastic afternoon please join me same time same place tomorrow 11 to 1 have yourself a great afternoon thank you for listening i'm going to put it up on podomatic soon. <laughs> Motown magic. Keep it Motown. Keep it magical. See you tomorrow. Toodles! Toodles! <laughs>